What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Naraya over Zoom video. Naraya was born and raised in Los Angeles. She comes from a very well-known household. Her mom's Brooke Burke. Her dad is Garth Fisher. But she is not a television personality or a plastic surgeon. She started writing music at a very early age. She wrote her first song at five years old, and she actually has a recording of it, which I think is so cool. From five years old to now, she's always been a songwriter. Even when she would take piano lessons, it would come down to the piano teacher coming over and her wanting the piano teacher to, to write a song with her. Like, okay, I have these lyrics and this melody. Like, what chords would go to this? Instead of really learning how to play the piano, it was more of a songwriting course. She talked about writing and recording her first EP. Then when COVID hit, she built herself a little home recording studio downloaded Logic, learned how to produce her own songs, record her own songs. She talked about putting them up on TikTok and different covers on YouTube. We learned all about her most recent EP, which is called This Is How The World Made Me, the brand new single she just released, Break Up Sex, and she even gives us some details on a new EP, which is coming out in October, which is really exciting. You can watch our interview with Naraya on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Naraya. Hi, Naraya. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. I really appreciate you doing this. I'm super excited to talk to you. Of course. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. I love the the EP, but I mean, all the music you've put out and the new one's so good. Just, I love the the tone kind of has that pop punk like undertone. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Um, My name is Adam and this is a podcast about you and your journey in music. Um, Cool. Cool. Um, Did... I mean, just I did some 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 research, obviously found out you, your family comes from a very, you know, A-list household. But um, what was it like growing up, born and raised in L.A.? Yeah, born and raised in L.A. Um, it was honestly it was it was fun and it was it was really cool. I really got to get kind of both sides of it. My mom grew up in Malibu and then my dad was over in, you know, more Los Angeles in the city. And I think that was just like such an amazing justification position of both of them because you know half of the time I would be and I went to school in the city so you know I would drive over to Malibu and I'd spend my weekends like on the beach and I would be surfing and I would bring my guitar and I would just write all the time and then I would drive to school and you know especially because of those car rides I think there was part of it that kind of made me feel isolated because I wasn't able you know if my friends are in the city and I wanted to see my friends you know my mom's like oh I don't want to drive 50 minutes to pick you up because yeah, it's not um, close yeah so from there (laughs) so i would mostly just stay home and you know write and and do work and i think it really um was able to get me on a good schedule with all that stuff but i think growing up in la like the best thing for me it's i really was introduced to the industry at a really young age i think because of my mom which was really amazing because i was able to see like what i liked and like you know what i wanted to do and i think that definitely um had influence on on me deciding that I wanted to do music and that was at a very young age I wrote my first song at five so I've known I wanted to do this for a long time that but it's so crazy yeah it was five really years old yeah 
and it's so funny. We actually have like the recording of it. And so one do you of really? Albums, yeah. One of my albums, we want to put it on. And I was going to say, you need to do that. Or re- have, have you thought like about like re-recording it. it or like sample? Yeah, yeah, I want to. I don't like for an album for like an intro. I want to like sample it and then have it like go into like a new thing or because it's it's really cute and it's it's really I was really little so um, I think that would just be a really cool part of the story. I think so as well. What, like, what do you write about at five? What, what was the song? It was, it was called Wishing Well. It's actually so cute. So when my parents got divorced, my dad in my room, my dad and I actually put all this together like two years ago. I don't know how I didn't realize this, but my dad, um, he's an amazing artist. He's a doctor, but he's, he can paint mm-hmm. like no other. I've never seen someone paint anything. Wow. It involves him. And so we used to have nights where we would just lay, sit down when it was when I was at my dad's and we would paint on these canvases for fun. Like we would just paint and he had painted this beautiful like masterpiece and it was like this big picture and it was a picture of me and my sister with all these animals and a wishing well and rainbows and um i guess i would just stare at it all the time that i i wrote a song called wishing well and it was every single part of the song is about something in the picture which i think is so cute, so beautiful of that so that was the first song and it was it, yeah it was called wishing well and it was about animals and just wanting to be able to be like animals so it, yeah. that is that's so cool. I mean, how creative at five years old to, you know, to, to write about this painting that your dad had created. That's so, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, but it's fun. And then I wrote another one about my mom. But yeah, I think it's really cool. And then even like re-recording them, I think would be fun or parts of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, if the fact that you have a recording of it, it must be like such a cool th- like thing to have and be able yeah. to like go back and listen to it. Uh, whereas uh, singing was at the first a, a musical endeavor you did or did you, were you in piano lessons or anything like that? Um, yeah. So I actually so I started my parents. They both say that I started singing before I would talk and I was so annoying because in the my four siblings in the car rides, we had long car rides and I would just want to put on karaoke and sing the whole entire time. <laughs> Um, but I started singing, I was wizard of Oz that, um, somewhere over the rainbow, I would just play that over and over again. I would jump all over the place. And that was like my favorite song to sing. And my dad was like, okay, we're going to get you in piano lessons. So he hired like a classical piano teacher. He's like, if you're going to do that, my dad, his whole mindset with everything everyone does in him, it's like, if you're going to do something, you're going to be the best at it. So that's cool. You know, that's a good out. mindset, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So he hired a piano teacher um, once a week and I did that for a few years, did not learn any piano (laughs) because I would just sit and I would make my piano teacher plus play chords and I would write because that was my favorite thing. I would just write. I would write songs over and over and over and over again from probably when I was really young to like as long as I did it. And then it was either that or I would make him play and I just wanted to sing My Heart Will Go On over and over and over again because he had gotten the Titanic, the Titanic um, book. Oh, and that was that's what I was supposed to be learning. And instead, I was like, why don't you play it? And I just want to sing it over until and over. until it's perfect. So that's how my dad would always know it was my turn, because I would just be like <laughs> singing it throughout the house. Um, but even now, I feel like two years ago during COVID, when I really started like being serious about like writing and, and getting ready to release stuff, I um, I taught myself piano a little bit and guitar enough to write. So. So I've, cool. I've thought about going back to lessons now and, and actually taking them seriously um, because, you know, I think that's so amazing. But again, that's also one of my favorite things in collaborating with other people. I know that like I work really well when people can play guitar and piano really well. And once I see that, I'm so inspired because I'm like, I can't do that. So all these chords like it's yeah, it's it sounds cool. like you got out of the lesson what you what you wanted to. I mean, aside yeah. from like, OK, sit up straight and play these chords and, and these scales, it was like. 
okay, this is how, you know, I hear these chords. Now you play them and I'm going to write what, you know, you're, you wanted to write music instead of, you know, learn technique. It sounds like. Exactly. So at five, I mean, you write that song. You said you wrote another one about your mom. And was it just something that a muscle that you kept exercising from there on out? Were you hearing songs in your head and just writing? Like, how do you kind of continue that? Yeah, for me, it was really growing up. It just became this therapeutic lane for me. And it was, you know, I think for me, I would listen to songs. I remember growing up, like, you know, whether it was family problems or, you know, divorces or, you know, my first heartbreak or my first, whatever it was, I would always find myself gravitating to listening towards music and and feeling that. And I think, you know, Kobe Kaye was the first, first one I would like always listen to. And it was like missing you, but like, I would just hear them and I would just be like, this is so sad. And um, I would just write in my journal and I couldn't really play, but I, I would, I would hear melody in my head like all the time and I would write songs to melodies in my head and I would fully have a song written and I'd bring it sometimes to my piano coach and I'd be like okay I have this whole song written with lyrics and melodies like can you just fill in the can you just fill in the chords and you know I think um harmonies had been like a it, those have always came extremely easy for me and I've, I've just heard a lot of you know different chords and different melodies and that's always been something I really loved and I just, I just kept doing it because it was, I've, I'd never loved anything else more than that. And I loved writing and it was really just a passion and it was, and it was fun. And then, you know, growing up, I, I got into, I got into, you know, more of the creative side, which is another one of my passions. And I started doing YouTube and editing videos and blogs and, and social media and, and, and all of those and kind of just building this whole brand of like what I wanted it to be as and doing covers and started to get recognition, recognition, starting to do that. And then, you know, it was really funny because I feel like writing, my parents are all, were always my whole life. They're like, oh, well, like, it's my daughter. Like, of course, we're going to think you're amazing. Like, we just didn't know. My dad, you know, he's very, he's a, he's a doctor. And he was like, you know, you need, a, you need to, you need to have a job that's going to, you know, you're going to take care of yourself for the rest of your life. So, you know, maybe music's not that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, I want you to be stable, all the stuff. And then we were introduced to um, one of my mentors, Babyface and Philip Lawrence, who really, who had kind of told my dad, they're like, your daughter's really good at this. Like you, she needs to do this. And that was kind of a big eye opener. And he was like, well, you know, I know how hard you work. And, you know, my dad, he was like, you're still going to college. I don't care what you say. Like you're going (laughs) to college and, you know, you're going to graduate. And so um, I was in college. I went to LMU and I was getting my business degree, my marketing. And my dad was like, look, if you, and I was the whole time I was simultaneously completely working on music. I was at record plant once a week. Like I was, I was in the studio with, you know, Babyface and Philip Lawrence, my first real sessions. I was so crazy. You know, what, where does this go from here? Um, And so had made EPs and projects. And I was just like, I knew I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, there's nothing else in the world. So my dad and I, we kind of talked and he was like, look, if you graduate a year early, and if you get straight A's, also music, okay, we can we can do this music thing, and like I will, you know, I will guide you as best as I can. And so I was like, okay, and you know, I'm just the kind of person like you know, grades. I got good grades my whole life. I've really school's always been a big priority to me, and my dad's instilled a really good worth ethic and drive in me at a very young age, and so. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person where I'm like, anything I need to do, as long as you tell me to do it. And when I need, I'll do it. Like no one will outwork me. And that's kind of, so I, I did that, which was 
which is I'm so thankful and happy I did it now. Um, I did that the whole time I was like, it was during COVID. So I was, I remember I would literally be in my Zoom classes and I would be in a session and I would be like, one second, guys, like, don't say anything. I have to respond to this question. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we talk like, but you know what? I would just study and I would, I would do my things in marketing. It was really special because I was able to, in my classes, I was able to market myself in a way. And I, and I had my whole, so I was coming out with six songs and I remember my presentations, I like made the whole brand thing. I made presentations. I made all the photos. I made Instagrams, like feed pages. And, and that's kind of just the way I, I took it. And, and it was, it turned out to be one of the most helpful things. And I love marketing. I think it's so fun, that whole creative aspect. And, you know, that's why I'm really thankful and happy. Like even now with everything, I'm, I'm really involved in all the decisions and my team's great. They really give me that freedom to really, you know, to, to, to they all really want to just help bring my vision to life, which is amazing. And um, yeah, that's another part that I just absolutely adore. All of well, that. I mean, having a, a degree in business and being a music, I mean, you're essentially your own business. So it, it, it makes sense to have that back knowledge instead of just being the creative and then not knowing, you know, how to make and monetize any of it. Right. I mean, to, to have both sides of it, is the best the best of both worlds. So you were graduating college while this while the pandemic had hit and all that stuff? Yeah. So I was actually supposed to graduate this August, but I graduated oh, last year. Oh, you're early. Gotta prove. Yeah, because yeah, so, dad via dad telling you you gotta do it early. <laughs> yeah, so thank goodness, because if I was in school this year, I, I don't know what I'd have done. I would have been like, oh God. Um, but what I did instead is so I did graduate a year early. And then this year for the last nine months, um, it, it ended, but um, I was in a intensive camp with Stargate, um, which was really cool. It was a writing camp and, you know, we met a lot of collaborators and they had different um, people that came every, every week. And I originally wanted to go because Justin Trancer um, was there and he was like, you know, Julian Michaels is my biggest inspiration ever. And so I, his oh, really? impeccable. And I actually met him there. And it was like, it was like, I feel like one of the first times that I've really, I was, you know, I, I grew up always, I feel like seeing famous people and it was never really mm -hmm. a thing for me. And um, that was like the first time I was like, oh my gosh, like I was, you know, that was such a cool moment for me. And we actually connected and like, you know, he really liked my writing. And so now we're, you know, we wanted to do session together, which is, which was so cool. And like, that was one of the best things I could have gotten out of it. And um, it was amazing. I've been, I think this year, the last nine months, like I've been in one to two sessions, Monday through Sunday, every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just been great. I really found myself as an artist and as a songwriter and, you know, explored that I also want to write for other people a lot, which is really fun. And um, the whole process of it is just so fun. You know, it's like, I feel like the last year I've been so busy and I've been doing stuff every day, but it never feels like work, you know, which is so mm -hmm. great. And that's one thing my dad, you know, he's, he still works every day and he, that's what he said. He's like, you know, if you find something you love, like you will never work a day in your life. And, you know, I love what really you do. True. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's incredible. With, uh, with that, like, when were you, you I'm from five, obviously you're writing songs, but like, at what point do you start showing people the music that you're writing? I mean, obviously you, you, you were validated by Babyface at that, at that point with your dad being like, okay, like, she's actually really good at this. But before mm -hmm. that, were you putting songs out? You said you did like vlogging and YouTube and, and covers, but were you putting out your own original music and how old were you when you were doing that? So actually, no, I was doing covers on YouTube. Um, and I was writing, but I didn't show anyone anything. I was like very like, I don't even know if I like, I think I showed my dad. I wrote a Christmas song for my dad for Christmas one year. I was like, here's your gift. Like, I'm going to write you a Christmas song. That's and, sweet, though. That's probably the best gift he's ever gotten or one oh, of them. He, 
To this day, he plays it. I'm like, dad, turn it off. <laughs> I was like, please, I don't want to hear this. But he still plays it. He loves it. And um, I he I would always just like have recordings and I would record a lot of covers and I would send them to my dad. And, and you know, that's how we had met Babyface throughout. And and I actually my obsession, I remember Babyface was like, come over like to my studio, like, let's write a song. And I had never really done a session before. And I was mm-hmm. like. I was like, what is this? And before I had done, I had done, um, there was one producer where we actually recorded a whole EP and that was my first time going in. I remember he, it was, he was like, come in five, we're going to take a whole week and you're going to come in every single day and we're going to write one song every day. And I was like, okay. And I had never really done it that speed or anything. It was all just by myself before that. So I go and we do it. We do this whole EP. Um, and then we were starting to pitch that. And, and you know, I met with L.A. Reid and, and that was people really loved the music. And they, you know, they're like, we love your tone. We love there's something really special in here. And that's kind of where it clicked in my head where I was like, oh, this is really fun. And um, I was still writing, but sessions with other people was kind of not as much. So with Babyface, those were just like we would just show them. And then um, it wasn't until the pandemic where I started posting a bunch of stuff on TikTok, original music. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what did it for me. And that was where, you know, I really started growing as a writer and, and writing every single day. And during the pandemic, I I downloaded Logic and I just made a pact to myself. I was like, if I'm going to do this and I need to like show my dad, like I'm really going to do this, like I have to do this completely as best as I can. So I built like a really little studio in my room, got like the basic things I needed. And I produced and wrote three songs a day, every day. And so oh that gosh. was kind of, and I would post them on TikTok every once in a while. And that's where I was like really figuring out like, okay, who am I as an artist? What do I want to write about? And, and then I, I was, I met my manager um, who is, has been such, you know, a help with everything and set me, test me up in sessions every day when that was, you know, once I started working with Grammy award writers, that's for me is what really pushed me. You know, it's like, I would not be the writer I am today without everyone else that I've learned from. So I think that's something that is so beautiful. And even now it's like, I love, like my favorite thing is being in a room with someone that I know is so much better than me because I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to learn everything. I'm like, you know, and it's so yeah. special. And and even, you know, what I've noticed too, it's like, regardless of, of talent as a writer, it's like, you will always learn something from another person, even if it's just one word, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like I would have never said that word because, you know, as a writer, especially if you get stuck doing the same concepts or the same words, like there's all, there's all, I feel like every artist or every writer has a word they always go to, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like, I always say friends in my songs and I'm like, whenever I say it, I'm like, oh, do we always say this, but maybe we should go around it. But um, I just think like collaborating, it's so, it's so beautiful and, and, you know, you learn so much and you grow. And even now, like as much as I could write songs by myself, like I love more than anything to be there in the room with other people and sitting down and meeting complete strangers and being like, okay, let's get into it. Like, what is your deepest, darkest secrets? And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I think I love, I love connecting with people and, and I, I really just love being around people I always have. So was it hard for you to like be vulnerable in front of, I mean, like somebody like Babyface, like, oh, well, come over and write a song. And then you're like, uh, like, how do I, you know, explain what, like relate to something like him relate to you as far as, you know, like uh, yeah. telling him things maybe that you, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's such a vulnerable situation to be I in. think it's funny because that session is the one session in my life that I didn't come out with a full song because it was so... Oh, wow. It was such, it was such a, it was, it was such a first experience. And I was also like, this is so, this is, I was, I was like, this was a long time ago. Like I was probably like, 
I don't even know if I could drive. I don't even know if I could drive there. Like I might've been like 15, maybe 16, like just mm-hmm. got my license. Like it was a long time ago. And, um, I didn't, yeah, I, I, at that point, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like it was so new. And I, you know, I think it was just, I mean, I remember we sat there and he was just playing guitar and I was just like, well, like he's so talented. And so I think now it would be a much different story and I'd be able to, you know, keep up with it and do all of it. But, you know, I, I've never had a problem being vulnerable. Um, I'm an open book always. And I think as an artist, that's one of my favorite things about my music because, you know, every single one of my exes, every single one of my friends, like they know exactly what's being written about them. Like, I am so honest. I'm so straightforward. Like, you know, all my friends are like, you're really doing this. I'm like, yep. Like this is what happened because, you know, I feel like there's so many songs there's so many artists and so many writers that I've even heard where they don't ever want to be the one that's hurt. You know, they're always like, well, I want to be the one in power and all of that, all of this. And, and for me, I'm like, no, like I got my heart broken and I, it literally fucked me up. Like it really ruined me. And I, and no, I was completely hurt. And I want people to understand like, that's okay. And, you know, people make mistakes and I think we're all human. And I think, you know, being able to write about that, it's all just real experience. Every single song I've written and will ever write is something that really happened or it happened to someone I know. And, you know, that's the only way I can connect to it and really write from my heart. And I, I think that's for me how I'm able to, you know, consistently have the storytelling piece of that because, mm-hmm. you know, I start in the beginning, I'm like, this is what happened. This is where we got to. And, you know, hopefully this is what I learned and writing music has helped me so much. You know, that's why it's been like the therapy. It's like, I write songs for myself. Like if something's going wrong with me, like I will write it and that helps me get through it or, you mm-hmm. know, listening to it and performing like that is what helps me kind of get the closure, um, mm-hmm. which, which has been really awesome. Yeah. I mean, t- and, and being that vulnerable and just kind of putting it all out there, people really connect to that too. I mean, you could see that every day with, with what goes viral on TikTok or what happens is, honesty instead of just giving this fake front like everything's great and i'm the most blah 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 like i think people hear like oh my gosh like raya went through that like that's so like i can relate to her like at that level it's just it's just such a different connection between you and and your fans and 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 i I think that's really cool um um, when you said you were writing three songs a day and and producing them yourself and your in your home little studio that you made did any of those songs, like what, what were the songs that came of that? Was that what became that EP or like you, you had some songs that came out early 2020, like Loner and, and Jump Bro- uh, Are those all part of that session or when, like, where does so that those, change? Those were part, um, Jump Rope actually was one of those that I had written completely by myself. Um, and then I brought it to a producer to fully get it produced out because, you know, I'm not a producer yet. <laughs> But um, yeah, Jump Rope, I'm trying to think what else. Um, The other ones were sessions that I was doing kind of at the same time. And, you know, now I have a really long list. I mean, my my goal and, you know, a lot of those songs, um, I think for me are really special to me and and they're really, really raw and really vulnerable. And um, they really have a different kind of sound to it. And even, you know, the way I produce it is is very minimalistic, but they're very interesting and very eerie. And, you know, my plan is to I have a list of, you know, all of the songs I wrote and the ones that will be coming out. And, you know, I want to be able to release them all completely written by me completely produced by me everything like it's just mine um and so i think you know that's something that will definitely be a project that i release you know when when it feels right or you know thrown into little songs because i think 
I think for me, because I love writing so much, I think sometimes as an artist, I feel like it comes off sometimes that people don't expect the artist to write for themselves. And I think for me, you know, being able, being wanting to be an artist and songwriter as well. So in order to kind of, you know, show people what I can also do by myself, I think that's something that I've always really wanted to do in projects because I love, I love writing with other people. And, you know, I've sung songs with one person, I've sung songs with four people and, you know, there's something so special about that, but those are like my babies. Like, you know, I have one song I wrote when I was 13, it's called curse. And it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And that is definitely going to be on an album and on a project. But I think for those, I'm just ready. I'm getting, I'm waiting when I think it's the right time. And, and also when I'm going to be releasing a bigger project, because, you know, as love, as much as I love doing singles, I think the projects I'm really excited to release my first album and, you know, bigger projects after that, because I, I really want to have a lot more of those raw songs, like very acoustic and, and very, you know, everything just stripped back because I think that's how I found myself as an artist and a songwriter. So I think, you know, involving that in that is only going to make sense and, and let people understand more. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, you said you you would put songs or tease like original material up on TikTok and everything else. Like, was that uh, prior to putting up your own music? Were you doing covers on on TikTok, and was it difficult, or were you kind of like skeptical about? Okay, now I'm going to put my own song out. Like, how is how my how are people going to react to this? I was I was doing covers for a really long time, um, and I was writing so much, but I was always just like, "How does this work? How does TikTok work? Like, if I release a song on TikTok and it's not out, are people gonna t- like? How does this work? Can people use it? Or, you know, I think for me, I was just like, I didn't want to put anything out until it was perfect. I've always been like that, and I think I didn't really realize the barrier that TikTok kind of that it's okay if it's not like that on TikTok, you know, you don't have to have this full produced out song. And, and then I was like, you know what, fine. And then every day I would just post, I would literally just write the song by myself and I would post a little snippet of it. And I would, and then there were some people like, Oh, I really want this one. I really want this one, but I didn't really see anything. Like nothing really went viral or went crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's fine. I don't care. I'm just going to keep doing it and keep doing it. And then um, I was actually on a trip with one of my, I was on, I was with my brother on a trip, my younger brother, and we had done a TikTok to this Outer Bank sound. Um, and that was my first video that went viral. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, I'm posting all these songs and this is what goes viral. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so then I just kept doing that. And then I really was just like, you know what, I'm just going to post what I want. And and then it was, you know, at least I'm good at it was my was the first song that really um, did well on there. And and that kind of started it for me. And I think that was also motivation where I was like, OK, like TikTok, you know, my marketing brain, I was like, this is such an amazing platform to be able to to show people who you are, like what your personality is, what these songs are about. Like there's such niche markets on there, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's so special about it. And I think also, you know, there's also a whole side of it where it's like, making TikToks can be super exhausting and it can take away from a lot of this music and all the writing. But I think for me, it's like, actually in the last week, I think I've really figured out my presence on there, which has been really fun. And I've kind of, you know, mixed in all the vlogs and all the old stuff I used to do because creating content is one of my favorite things. I love, it's so funny because when I look at everything in the industry, like there's not one part I don't love. I love all of it. Like I love making, you know, the mood boards and all the the, the branding assets that we need and all that stuff. And, and, you know, the songs or the ideas or 
or I have so many Google Docs and Trello is one of my favorite apps. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything. I'm like, it, it is, yeah. Incredible app. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I endorse it, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy. But like, even my graphic is like, I just love being able to just plan everything out and it's so fun. And I think, you know, that's, what's so amazing about the industry that, you know, we're in. It's like, you really can do there. You can do whatever you want. You can do absolutely anything. Like it's so creative and you can really, if you can think about it and you can figure it out, like you can make it happen. So it's, yeah, it's so cool. I think it's cool that you have kind of like this DIY attitude when it comes to it too, because you have obviously the business as the business degree, but you are so creative that you can be like, well, I want to make this piece for, or this oh, yeah. piece of content. And it, it just becomes all, you know, within your, what you want it to look like. I always, I've always been like that. I feel like too. And like arts, like this wall for, this was like a quarantine thing. I was like, you know what? I'm bored today. I'm going to, I love that. Like do my whole wall, but you know, I've always been like that. I love to do that. I bedazzle everything. I just think I'm so, I just love being creative. And I think that's what's, yeah, it just really keeps me going with everything. I want to talk to you about your new single, but I want to uh, just touch on This Is How The World Made Me. Was, was that the EP you're talking about where you went with to the studio with a producer and worked like real quick? Or is that even way before that? No. So that was actually, um, This Is How The World Made Me was made in the last year. So those were all, okay. those were all more recent new, songs. Um, yeah, because it can't... came out this year. So yeah. that's, that's why I was wondering. I was trying to put it together in the timeline. Yeah, that came but, okay. out this year. So the one I was talking about the first time I ever produced, that was a long time ago and those songs never came out. But this one actually, Got it. I had met, it was, I had met um, one of my best friends and um, Noah and Jack and Origami Human. And, you know, we sat down and we wrote the majority of that EP, um, Us in the Beginning. And then um, other songs, like at least I'm good at it this is how the world made me um and a few others kind of got pulled into there because i really wanted them to come out mm-hmm. um and then yeah this is how the world made me was actually the last song we had made on there i really wanted to call my album this is how the world made me and then we ended up writing that song and i was like we have to we have to switch this and we have to move this because originally the ep was going to be called you won't forget about me right um but we we definitely switched all of that because I really wanted to have some acoustic songs in there. Mm-hmm. And um, this is how the world made me had a really cool moment on TikTok where, you know, people were it was a really vulnerable song. And I had I had written it and I remember the TikTok that did well. I was so brutally honest with it. And I was just like, if you've ever realized like you're falling out of love or you're moving on while you're still in the relationship, like, you know, here you go. And people were like, oh, my gosh, like you know, I, I, I can't believe like you're talking about this. Like this is exactly how I feel. So it was really cool. And, and that was kind of some of my favorite times to like respond to people and, and kind of just like get the story gone. And, you know, I would have people DM me their stories and I would talk to them and, and it, it was really cool. Um, it was a really cool experience. And yeah, that was a really special um, project for me. Mm-hmm. And even with the new song, so vulnerable with breakup sex, I mean, just the whole, the whole concept and everything about the song is just very, uh, you're like brutally honest. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, I mean, I'm just like, you know what, what that's, this is how it is, but <laughs> well, tell me about that song. And when was that uh, written new as I knew, I mean, this obviously came out new, but was it around yeah. that same time period that you're writing the EP or 
So, breakup, uh, so the EP, the first part of the EP was made like a year ago. Breakup sex was actually, I think a few months ago. And I can oh, be okay. around the time, but that, that was actually, that was very, very new. Um, and we ended up putting that, it was kind of more of that pop punk vibe that yeah, I, I love it. The first two ones that have been really fun. Um, so yeah, that one just came out. That was, it was me, um, my friend, Julianne Hope. She's amazing. Um, one of my really dear, dear friends. And then Savannah, um, she, we all sat down, had a session. It was my first session with Savannah. Um, and I'm trying to, it actually might've been my first session with Julianne too, which is so crazy. Cause I feel like I've gotten to know her so well now. Um, but we sat down and, and it was really fun. It was a, it was a quick session and we wrote it and, and we were like, you know what? And I remember I just texted, I was like, guys, I'm going to put this out. Like let's, let's do final vocals. And, um, and it was really fun. It was, I think it was my first song. Um, I feel like that was more towards pop punk again after the the EP and and mm-hmm. we thought it would be a great lead into this next EP that we're getting ready to drop. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really, I really liked that one. And the cover art was my, that's my favorite cover art I've, I've done so far. Uh, like, did, do you, art. do you do all the art or do you have a graphic designer? Do it no, so I have concept? a graphic designer. His name is Jonathan and he is literally the most incredible. He's so talented. And I literally sent him a picture. Um, it was me holding the flowers in a white, like on a literally like a pink background. Mm-hmm. And we're like going back and forth. Usually I'll tell him like what I want. And I'm like, you know, now I'm just like, I trust you. Like, let's figure this out. And we'll go back and forth and tell him like, oh, what we like and we don't. And it just like didn't feel right. He was sending me like little words and we were both just like, oh, something's wrong. And then he was like, okay, don't call me crazy. But like, I tried something and I was like, okay. And he sent me that. And I was just like, how did you do like what? This is perfect. Um, and yeah, he's, he's great. And then we had that and I was like, this is it 100%. Um, and it, yeah, it was really fun. That is cool. And you well, speaking to breakup sex, you said this song was written a few months ago and, uh, you, you have more coming it sounds like an EPs in the works or. Yeah. So EP. So my whole thing as an artist, like I want to release as much music as possible. If I could release five 18 tracks album a year, I 100% would. That's awesome. Um, Cause a lot I, of people want to play the let's let every, I mean, I get it. Let every song breathe and do this, but to, to be someone that likes me. albums, so I love that. For me, like every single month, there will at least be a new song, if not multiple, but as a plan right now, we have a song um, called unfinished business. That's actually my, probably one of my, it'll be my favorite song. Let's that'll be out. Um, that's coming out this month on the 19th. I'm really excited about that one. And then we have another single next month. And then in October, we have another big EP um, that's going to be dropping. That's called How Do I Get Clean? Um, and I'm really excited about that. We have some really fun visual assets and music videos with it and a few little surprises in there. So, Wow. That's a lot. You got a lot happening. I love that. <laughs> Is it all in that same vein, kind of similar like sound to Breakup Sex or no? Um, it's actually not. There's there's a few songs that are upbeat like that, but there's also um, a lot more like slow down acoustic um, singer songwriter stuff. And I think um, that was really cool. There's a lot more eerie stuff. And then after the EP, we have a lot more singles that'll go back into that and a little back, you know, a little bit of that and a little mm-hmm. bit more acoustic too. And um, I think for me, that's where as an artist, I want to be able to have, you know, that 
variety and being able to do the really stripped down singer songwriter stuff and also you know the pop punk stuff and um i think even like doing acoustic versions of like breakup sex or at least i'm good at it oh yeah that'd be cool talked about um that i really want to do like on an album like having you know some some acoustic songs that people are already familiar with and getting a feature on the second half so we're figuring all that out but I think pop punk is definitely going to be something for singles for me. And then I think like when it comes to like real, real projects long-term, like, and also, you know, lengthwise, I think there'll be a lot more acoustic stuff and laid back, but um, there's this one song called expiration date. Um, that's actually, I love it because the verses are completely singer songwriter and the chorus, when the chorus comes in, like it comes in and it becomes completely pop punk and it's so cool. And it's just, it's so surprising. Like it comes out of nowhere. And um, I think finding a way to kind of just like marry both of those sounds has been really cool. That's cool. I I'm really excited to hear about that one because my favorite artists uh, are female artists, female singer songwriters are like my favorite and I love acoustic, but when it comes in pop, punk, I grew up with pop punk, but now like if I were to name my top five, like the artists I listen to the most right now are all <laughs> female singer songwriters. Just there's something so I, females voice is so beautiful. And, and it's just something that I feel like is you have to be really good at singing <laughs> to be able to do it, to do it. Whereas guys kind of have could just like scream or have the rasp and it like works. Whereas I, I feel like uh um, with, with a female vocal, it's a lot different. You have to be a lot more vulnerable, I guess, in the sense. Yeah. I love that. But, um, I'm super excited to hear, to, to, to hear the rest of the songs. I love that one. And I appreciate your time too. This has been awesome. Thank yeah, you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This has been great. Um, are you, you did a, a sold out show at the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. How, I want, I'm just quick on that. How was that show? And do you have Isn't any it? more coming up? Um, it was amazing. We're actually taking a little break right now from shows just to get everything released. And then next um, we're looking at, um, you know, opening for a tour. So hopefully that will be able to be announced and figured out soon. Awesome. And I hope you're coming to Nashville because I recently moved here. So I hope. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. My best advice is really just, if you love it, you know, you got to work hard. It's hard and, you know, write as much as you can meet people that, you know, you feel that you can be yourself the most. And if you think you're working enough in the day and writing enough songs, write 10 more and you will get there. 